Welcome once again to Devotional, a spiritual resource for daily living. We are on a brand new quarter and this is lesson number one, Oneness in Christ. This is day number two. I hope I didn't confuse you with that. It is a one lesson that we studied for seven days. And so we already did the first episode, which was for day one. And now we are on day two, which is for Sunday, September 30th. And uh, of course, if you're listening to this, whenever you're listening to it, I pray that it will be a blessing for you if you're listening to it, to it on April the 3rd. Uh, whenever you're listening to this, I'm hoping that it will be a blessing for you. But it is specifically designed for uh, the Sunday, September 30th of 2018. Now, we began this journey of oneness in Christ and we began in a very unexpected place, the fall. Um, the, the lesson is trying to get us to understand what oneness really means, what it looked like originally when God made it. And this lesson is entitled, Love as the Foundation of Unity. And I want to read to you a sentence from the lesson, of course. You may be thinking, uh, what lesson are you talking about, Pastor? Uh, if you scroll down in whatever platform you might be listening to, iTunes, Google, uh, Spotify, you will see some descriptions of this podcast, but underneath it, you'll see some links. And some of them will direct you immediately to a web browser, and you'll be able to look, look at this lesson right now. Other, other links are so that you can download the app uh, free on your phone, whether it's an iOS or Android, or you can subscribe. I have a hard copy here. I love hard copy because I can doodle, uh, underline, circle, draw arrows. If you look at my lesson right now, it's written, scribbled all over the place. And I can't do that with the tablet or the phone. It's, that's just me. Um, plus, one more thing. If you're an auditory learner, for free, this the app will read it to you. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? No excuses. <laughs> no excuses to not study the lesson. So as you commute, you can listen to this. And now that you know this, you can go ahead and listen to the whole lesson be before Wednesday because it will not take you that long. It's about 40 minutes long to listen to it. And if you have a 20-minute commute uh, in one day, you can knock it out and just listen to it. So I'm going to read to you a sentence from the lesson. Um, let me see where this would begin. Um, here we go. God's original purpose in creation included the harmonious coexistence and interdependent relationship of all life forms. I'm not going to focus on that sentence at all. It's just one word. <laughs> when I read that word, my eyes just zero in on it. Coexistence. And it's not because the word is, I don't know what it means. I know what it means. It's just that when I saw it, coexistence, I, I, I saw the first part, coexist. In my, in my brain, an image came, a bumper sticker. Have you ever seen those bumper stickers that has that word coexist, but the letters are actually symbols of the major religious groups on planet Earth? Like the C in coexist is actually the crescent moon of Islam. The O is the what I thought was a peace sign, but it may be something else. The E is uh, used as a symbol for the male-female. You know, it's a circle with a little arrow at an angle for the male and then a cross underneath for female. The X is actually the Star of David, Judaism. And the, the S is the yin-yang. Um, and then the T, of course, is the cross. But I coexist. That I had never noticed this until I actually Googled it. I was like, hey, I can't remember all the letters, what religious symbols they used. And for the I, I thought, well, they just used an I. Because, you know, 
cars are driving, I'm not going to get that close to see what you know each letter represents, what symbols are being represented with each letter. But when I looked at it online, and you can check it out yourself, there were other variations, but the standard one that I just described to you, starting with the crescent moon of Islam, the I, the dot above the I is the pentagram, which uh, when I read books, a friend of mine got, was into the occult, uh, you know, the, the goat's head and all these other things, very occult, satanic stuff, is above the I. And it's just a letter apart. It's like one letter in between. The yin yang stands between the pentagram and the cross. And I'm thinking, whoa, coexist? These are polar opposites. And so it's well intended, yes. And I can agree with coexistence uh, in respect and you know, uh, treating people with dignity for sure. But I cannot. I. I can't see how any other religion can bring oneness. There's something about when God created us that the lesson, I'm just scratching the surface, you know, looking at the tip of the iceberg of this lesson. I hope this will whet your appetite to go and study more, develop your own insights and bring them to this, to your Sabbath school class on Sabbath. But I began to think when God makes us in Genesis chapter one, he uses the language of let us make man in our image. And then in the previous chapter, there's this oneness, this singularity expressed in a plural context, our, us. Later on in the Old Testament is God is one, God is one. But there's a oneness to this our and it's built in us. When God made us in his image, he also put that oneness as part of who we are. And of course, sin took it away. And we are here trying to coexist with all of our different beliefs and worldviews. And of course, you'll say you're a Christian, you're biased. Of course, you think that through Christianity is the only means through which you can experience oneness. Well, yes, <laughs> I am a Christian, but I've thought it through. And the testimony of the founder of this faith, Christianity, and Jesus Christ. There's a verse in John chapter 32, chapter 12, verses 32 and 33, that he says this regarding this bumper sticker of coexist, right? John chapter 12, verses 32 and 33 says, and I, this is Jesus speaking, and I, when I am lifted up, if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to myself. And verse 33 is key. He said this to show the kind of death he was going to die. The cross draws. The, the cross is the, the, the catalyst for bringing people towards one. The oneness that humanity experiences centers, hinges upon the cross. Why? Because it is in the cross that we are drawn to God's love. See, oneness, for the sake of oneness, never works. When we want to coexist for the sake of coexistence, we find ourselves looking at each other from the corner of the eye with suspicion. We, we don't really experience oneness while sustaining and adhering to very opposite worldviews. Like Hinduism is polytheistic, multiple gods. Islam, extreme monotheism, 
It's like Judaism. How could there ever be coexistence between a polytheistic worldview ingrained in my mind, in my belief, and my lifestyle, my culture? How could I coexist with someone that is uh, with a worldview of oneness, uh, one God, that's it, one, no more? It'd be very difficult. So though we may speak of it and desire it, I believe that there are sincere Muslims that want coexistence with other religious uh, religions. Um, there may, maybe not in every part of the world, but I'm sure there are, even in the Middle East. I, I can believe the same thing for people that adhere to Judaism. Certainly in Christianity, I'm for one, love that concept of oneness and dignity and respect, for sure. But that's not oneness. Respect speaks of, you know, I don't see eye to eye with you. I don't agree with you. That's not oneness. That's respect at a distance. But oneness implies being being united. And for what it's worth, I mean, we, we don't have time to explore everything in this lesson. I'm, I'm just hopefully putting some thoughts into you to get your wheel spinning. How is it that the cross produces oneness? Why would Jesus say with such confidence that when he would be lifted up, um, he would draw all peoples to himself? You know, there's a program uh, called FAST that centers upon the memorization of scripture. And the very first verse that I memorized when I started this years ago, I have never forgotten. And it's such a gem. It comes out of Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. And I've had to re-memorize it because I started doing it again with the New American Standard. Um, and this is how it reads. Jeremiah 31, 3 says, The Lord appeared to him from afar, saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving kindness. I am seeking to attract you with an everlasting love. I am drawing you. That's what Jesus says. If I believe, lift it up, I will draw. Where do we see this everlasting love of God? We see it at the cross. And as, as Christians, it, it lies on us. You know, we want oneness. We want coexistence. We don't want mere tolerance at a distance. We want brotherhood, sisterhood, true love for one another. Am I lifting up Jesus? Am I lifting him up? And this is not being arrogant and annoying with people, you know, trying to shove things down their throats. What do you think it means to lift up Jesus if oneness hinges in people being drawn to him, lifted up, the cross being exalted before people? How can you and I do that? Are you exalting Jesus in your life? Are your co-workers recognizing and seeing Jesus being lifted up by you? We are the instruments through which God wants to bring oneness to this planet, to this world, to our church. Why not ask Him, Lord, how can I lift up your Son Jesus, that I may be that agent of oneness today?